You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Freedom. Enjoy. That's better. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, love. Thank you, band. Hallelujah. Now, I I need you to to come with me this morning. Um, We're going to go somewhere in Christ. But listen, in order to go where Christ has called, you're going to have to let go of your past. That's right. <laughs> you, you have to. There, there's no option. You've got to let go. You have to let go of where you've been. Why do you want to hold on to that anyway? Amen. Unless you believe that that's better than what God has for you in the future. That's, right. that's, right. that's the only reason I'd hold on to my past. When you realize how good he is, it's like, okay, let that go right away. Let's go, God. Right? Take me higher, Father. So we want you to know the church was never meant to be a stuffy place, a condemning place, a legalistic place. It's meant to be a fountain of life for everyone who comes to the doors. So I'm going to ask you to shake off your past experiences in church, to shake off your past. I'm going to even ask you to be willing to change your thinking and embrace the person of Christ. All right? You might discover that he is vastly different than anything you've ever known and that anything anyone ever has told you and anything you've ever learned in school or in church. I think you will find that if you'll just give him a chance to reveal himself to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. This is precious, precious, precious time that you purchased for us. And we acknowledge what you did so that we can do what we're doing right now. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to give us the strength to let go of our thing. To let go of our past. To let go of any unforgiveness or bitterness or anger that we have inside towards another human being or towards ourselves. Or towards you. Holy Spirit, we give you full right of way to reveal Christ to us more this morning. We realize that you are the meaning of life, Lord Jesus. So we give our hearts, we give our minds to you, and we are willing and ready to change our thinking that we might know you more. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, freedom, very simply, is what we're, we're thanking God for this morning on, on the weekend of July 4th, where we're celebrating the freedoms that we enjoy in this nation. And um, that's the title of the message, freedom. But I need you to, to be attentive, and you always are, and I appreciate that so much. But I'm going to give you four definitions of freedom that the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. And I want you to grab a hold of them, write them down, and think about them this week. Okay? Because man sometimes make the, makes the mistake that freedom was his idea. Man sometimes makes the mistake that the gospel and the Bible was his idea. But there is a greater reality. And the truth is, if you, want the tr- if you want to know the real story, you've got to go beyond man. You've got to actually go to the throne of heaven and get revelation from heaven regarding what love really is, what truth really is, what freedom really is, and what the gospel really is. So I'm going to give you some heavenly definitions of freedom, okay? Number one, 
unrestricted access to God forever. Freedom. Unrestricted access to God forever. Number two, unhindered fellowship with God forever. Unhindered fellowship with God forever. Number three, union with God forever. Union with God, oneness with God forever. And put your seatbelt on for number four. The divine right to daily experience and enjoy His glory. The divine right to daily experience and enjoy His glory forever. I've never heard those definitions before. Holy Spirit gave them to me this week. What is the glory of God? It's the reality of who He is. It's the reality of what He's done for you. It's the reality of who you are in Him manifesting in your life. I'm not interested in being part of any club. I'm not interested in being part of any kind of a social group. My focus in life is to experience God. To know Him more intimately every day. And unless that's your focus, you're missing out on the true meaning of life. So I am imploring you to make that your determined purpose. To experience God more every day. To know him more intimately every day. That's why his son came. To make that possible for you. I want to read you something that Jen Tringale, and we know Jen, she's a, a prophet, a close friend of ours. She's been here before, and, and I'm sure she'll be coming again. But this is a, a, a quote that she posted, and I highly encourage you to um, check out Jen Tringale's podcasts and ministries if you're not familiar with her. But this is a quote that she posted on Facebook, and I want to read it to you this morning, talking about freedom, unrestricted access to God, unhindered fellowship with God, union with God, and the right to daily experience and simply uh, enjoy His glory. She said, I believe that Christians are called to lead, to lead by following God's leading. That's how we lead. We follow God's leading. Following group consensus and current trends is always going to come up short upon, of, upon arrival of having the effect of transforming lives. Let me read that part again. Following group consensus and current trends is always going to come up short upon arrival of having the effect of transforming lives. Christians are called to lead toward a kingdom of God way of living. It's not a mantra. 
It's not a cause. It's not something you get woke to. It is something you are born of. The surrender of your life to Jesus is what transforms. And the only real thing worth leading others to. This is what we're all about here. Leading others into the reality of knowing Him. Can I save you a whole lot of time and grief? Man's religion is a waste of your time and energy. Jesus will exponentially increase your time and energy. He will multiply your strength, causing it to abound. Religion can't do that. Freedom. Christ has called us to lead people into the freedom that only a relationship with him can bring. It's a freedom that's for every human being, no matter what nation they're from, no matter what tongue, no matter what tribe. It's for everybody because every human being was made in the image of God. It was for this, for freedom unrestricted access to God that Christ set us free. Christ set us free so that we could have unhindered fellowship with God. So that we could have unrestricted access to God. So that we could be one with God. So that we could enjoy and experience each and every day of our lives the glory of God. Embrace Christ. Throw both arms around him. Leap into his arms and step into the reality of this perfect liberty that I'm speaking about. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Hallelujah. This is very special. You know, when the enemy comes in, and this scripture has been wrongly taught in so many cases, but if you'll study the scripture in Isaiah, it says when the enemy comes in, it then speaks of how the Lord will respond. The Lord, like a flood, will come in in response to the enemy's strategies. The devil doesn't come in like a flood. It says when when the enemy comes in, Like a flood, the Lord will come in. Galatians 5.1. It was, this is the New American Standard Translation. We'll read from there. It was for freedom, unrestricted access to God, unhindered fellowship with God, union with God, the right to daily experience and enjoy the glory of God, that Christ set us free. It's good to know why he did what he did. Right? You know the purpose of why Christ came. So that we can enjoy an unhindered intimacy with God the Father. It would not have been possible in any other way. The Passion Translation says it this way. 
Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely. And wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Can I get a witness? So that we stubbornly refuse to go back into the darkness, the bondage of our past. We stubbornly refuse to go backwards. No matter what man does, no matter what the enemy does, we stubbornly refuse to go back backwards. We insist on moving forward. We insist on being free. We insist on intimacy with our Father. The Bible teaches us that there is a spiritual condition called bondage or slavery. In what we've seen in this world, and you will see it in every nation if you study cultures around the world, that it is only through Christ that mankind can be truly free. In fact, we, Jennifer mentioned in her reading, she had quotes from seven different people that were from different nations, and one was Prince Kabu from the nation of Liberia in West Africa. And if you ever studied his story, it's, it's, it's very powerful. But he was uh, the son of a chief in a, in a uh, tribe near Liberia in West Africa. But the neighboring tribe came in, same color of skin, but they came in and made slaves of his tribe. His tribe was slaves to this tribe. And they captured him and they tortured him, the son of the chief. And they would take their people captive and put them in bondage and then use them to get what they wanted from the other tribe. And he was captured, I forget for how long, at one point, and they let him go back to his tribe. Then he was captured again and it was worse. And it was in this second captivity. And his people believed, they didn't know Christ, but they believed, you know, you know Christ isn't an American thing? Do you know that? Do you know Christ started in the middle of the globe? In the Middle East, you know that it spread through, through the continents from the Middle East into Africa, into Europe, into Asia, and went around the world. You've got to know that. Don't let man rewrite history for you. That's what they've done. And I, I, I feel for young people who've been through schools in the last 30 years because they've been given a version of history that's not accurate. It's been rewritten to promote a political agenda. If you want to study history, you've got to go to the primary source. You've got to read what those people said and wrote if you want to know what really went on. So here is this young prince of a chief in this tribe who's in his second captivity. I think he was like 16 years old. And they're, they're torturing this young man. And they decide they're going to kill him. And this is how they're going to do it. And this is after months of malnourishment. And he's been just tied to a stake. And they beat him, and they, they don't feed him like they should. And, and they decide they're just going to beat him almost to the point where he's dead, but they're not going to kill him. They're gonna, and then they're going to half bury him, and they're going to let ants eat him till he dies. Same color skin. So you've got to realize racism is hatred. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's the opposite of God. 
And if you look around the world, you see it has nothing to do with the color of people's skin. It's, it's satanic. It's, it's spirits of darkness that are behind it. it. Just give me a reason to hate someone. Right? It could be, it could be uh, the way they dress. It could be the, the side of the street they came from. It could be uh, the family they come from. It could be the geographical location. See, Satan doesn't really need much of a reason to hate somebody because he hates them already. He just needs, needs you to buy into his philosophy. So here's this young man at, at 16 about to die, and he calls out to God. And they believe that there was a God above everything. That's a good belief. And he calls out to God maybe a day or two before they were going to bury him, half bury him. And all of a sudden, a light bursts forth from the sky and his bonds fall off. And the light says, run from here. And he runs. And he keeps running and he goes through 200 miles of Liberian jungle by himself after months of torture, that is not naturally possible. There are all kinds of, of critters and creatures, and, and I don't even know the, the different types of lions and cats and snakes that are in the Liberian jungle, but I know it's not safe for one person to go through 200 miles by yourself night and day. And he made it to, a, I can't remember the, the city he went to, and he ended up going into a church where there was a missionary there. And he went to a, a, a church service and she was talking. This was a woman teaching about the gospel. And she was talking about Saul who saw a great light from heaven and fell from his horse. And he stood up and said, that's what happened to me. Yeah. And everyone said, what? <laughs> it was very real to him. Yeah. He met God. Yeah. And he began to tell him his testimony. And then afterwards they got together and he he prayed, and this missionary began to teach him the Scriptures. And he said, I want you to teach me more about the Holy Spirit. And I forget how long he stayed with this missionary and learned the Scriptures, learned to read. The, the Bible was in English, so he learned to read English. And, and she said, I've taught you everything I know. He said, well, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. She says, I don't know anymore. She says, the only one I could send you to is a, is a man that taught me. But he's, in the, he's back in the United States. This is like in the 18, late 1880s, early 90s. 91, I don't remember, somewhere in there. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to go to him. She, she laughed. She said, hey, that's 6,000 miles away. There's a big ocean between here and there. You're not going to be able to get to him. He said, I'll talk to my father about it. He talked to his father. His father said, go. And he left. He had a little satchel with a few things in it. And he went to a port in this city where there happened to be a, a Jewish businessman who traveled from New York City to the port in, in uh, near uh, library in West Africa and, and exchanged goods and did business and he went up to the captain of the ship and the captain of the ship, ship kick, kicked him. Said, you're not coming on board my ship. And he said, I'll talk to my father about it. He went and talked to his father and he went back to the captain and it turned out something, the captain had a change of heart and they needed some members to help work on their crew and he, he, he hired Kabu. Kabu went on board the ship, and I don't have time to go through his whole testimony. But he got to New York City. He got off the boat in New York City. There were two million people in New York City in that day. First person he met was a vagrant on the street, and he says, do you know so-and-so? <laughs> he was looking for this man, and he just asked the first person he met. The person said, yes, I do. <laughs> I've been to his mission. He said, take me there. He took him there. He met a man who was highly esteemed in the Methodist tradition, who was a scholar. Uh, I believe the man was affiliated with a university in Indiana. He was in New York City. 
And he met this man, and, the, and, he, and Kabu told him, he said, I've come to learn about the Holy Spirit. And this man said, who is this? The man took him into his home with his wife, and he wrote, the man realized that this, this young boy at 17, I think at that time, or 18, he knew more about the Holy Spirit than he did. The Bible teaches us of, of a spiritual condition called bondage and slavery. And the only way out of it is through faith in Christ. Man can't bind you. They can do things to your exterior body. They can put chains on you. But you can have chains on your body and be totally free. There is a deeper freedom than what we are experiencing in the natural realm. It is the freedom of your soul. It is the freedom of your spirit. Christ came so that we be free in every way. Spirit, soul, and body. Because I respect your time I just give it to you straight. If you are not born again through faith in Jesus Christ, then sin and Satan are your masters. Doesn't matter where you go to church, doesn't matter what group you belong to, if your spirit hasn't been born of the resurrection power that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, sin and Satan are your masters and you are in bondage. People got mad at Jesus when he talked like this. They said, we don't have any chains. No one's our master. Satan was. That's why they couldn't accept Jesus. Because their hearts were darkened by sin and by the enemy. In fact, let's in order to really understand freedom, and I know a lot of people don't like talking about sin, but we have to talk about it. We need to learn what we're free from. And unfortunately, the church has legalistically, in many cases, not all cases, beat people over the head with the Bible and pounded them and condemned them with sin, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, the nature of sin. Back in Genesis in the beginning, and we don't have to go there, and I'm trying to get through this expeditiously, and I ask you to stir yourself up and stay awake the whole way through this message. We are in in interesting times in this nation, and you need a word from God. And there's not a quick way to get that to you. There's not not a drive-through here. We thought of installing one during the stay at home, but no, we're going to make you a meal and sit down and eat it. All the way back in Genesis. Now, right from the beginning, God, God told man very clearly, sin is death. No exceptions. And, and, and humanistic thought can't accept that. Has to try and explain that away. But God didn't. God just, he's very plain for that. Sin is death. And the only way for sin to be atoned for is the shedding of blood. God decided this. Man didn't. God knows things we don't know. And if he says it, we've got to take him at his word if you want to be free. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the first sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. And 
Abel comes before God and he sacrifices, because he understands what God has said, he sacrifices some of his, his prized livestock to God. He sheds blood to give God a sacrifice. And God receives his sacrifice, but his brother Cain brings some, some produce from the ground. And he doesn't do it by faith. And God is not pleased with Cain's sacrifice, but he's pleased with Abel. So you know what Cain does? Cain, instead of searching his heart and say, you know, what do I need to adjust in my heart to change, to know God more, he blames it on God and he blames it on Abel. That's what Adam did, right? He blamed it on his wife and he blamed it on God. See, you'll never be free if you're blaming others for the condition of your life. You'll never be free. The blame game is a loser's game. You've got to stand up and say, Father, show me what I need to change in my own thinking. In my own thinking and in my own heart, Lord, that I can know you more. That my behavior would be pleasing in your sight. Cain didn't do that. And so you know what he did? He got jealous of his brother to the point he murdered him. Same color skin, same mother, same father. And God speaks to him in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, listen to this. We're talking about the nature of sin. Sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. The message translation says it this way. Sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. I was talking with our good friend Joey Roberts a, a couple days ago on the phone. And we were talking about the enemy and the, the things we're seeing going on in the nation and the, uh, talking with different ministers, it's amazing what we've seen during this last four months and, and the, the, the shift in people's beliefs in this last four months. And, and, I, and again, this is, this is in multiple places and various ministers are seeing this, but people have been at home, many, some not working. They've had more time on their hands and they've gone online and they begin exploring online and they come across some different information and they're not grounded in what they know and they get moved in a different direction. Listen closely, we're talking about sin. It's ready to pounce. It's crouching at your door. It's ready to take you out. It's out to get you. I'm not trying to make you afraid because Christ is your safety from sin. Christ is your deliverance from sin. We're, if you're in Christ, you're free from it. We're just talking about the nature of it. This is not who you are. We're not talking about people. We're talking about sin and the nature of Satan. Stay with me. So Joey began talking, we began talking about levels of demonic activity. I saw all kinds, I've seen everything from possession to influence in my life. Okay, saw it growing up, saw it after I got saved. I've cast out many devils out of many different people's lives. But there are levels of demonic activity. You may not believe that, but it's true anyway. Have you noticed that what I believe doesn't make something true? 
I can believe that Tom Brady's going to play for the Patriots this year, but that's not true. And me believing it's not going to change it. Buccaneers? Who's that? Where are they? Anyway, what you believe doesn't create truth. What you believe simply determines how much truth you personally experience. You can believe something with all your heart and totally miss God because what you believe is not in agreement with what he said. There are different levels of demonic activity. What is Satan's goal? He's out to get you. Jesus told us in John 10.10 to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, if Satan had his way, we'd all be dead, right? But he doesn't have his way. He doesn't have authority. Well, he is the God of this world, but if you've put your faith in Christ, he has no authority in your life. So all that he has to come to you with some type of philosophy or thought to to get entrance into your life. Okay? Ultimately, demons would love to possess you. They want to get inside of a body so they can interact in this realm. If they can't possess a human, they'll settle for an animal. We see that in the Gospels, right? But if they can't possess a human or get into an animal, then you go to a lesser level of demonic activity. It's called oppression. They want to oppress you with thoughts of fear and condemnation and, and uh, guilt and shame and on and on and on. And if you listen to what they're whispering in your ear, you will become oppressed. And that can be almost as bad as possessed. Satan will bring irrational fears into your life. Satan will introduce you to different ideas and philosophies. And listen, you can take any topic on Google. You Google any Bible topic, you're going to see a bunch of baloney. I'm amazed. And I, 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 I'm thankful for search engines. They're a helpful tool. But man, you've got you to sort through the muck. And there's way more muck than there is treasure, I'll tell you that. Amazing the Bible topics I've searched and the ministers looking for websites and the things that people criticize and say that are simply humanistic, not based on the Word of God. So that's the next level of of activity is oppression. But if he can't oppress someone, then his, his next strategy is to influence us. Please hear me. This is a word for today, for right now in your life. A good father will warn his children of dangers. God is a good father. He's just. He's loving. He's holy. Satan's strategy is to influence your thinking. And he's pretty good at it. I'm not praising him. I'm just telling you he's very crafty. He's been doing this longer than man's been on the earth. He's convinced angels to leave God. Hello? And he can convince you to turn from the things that God wants to do in your life or has been doing in your life. Christ came 
so that sin and Satan would no longer be your masters, so that you could recognize his schemes, his influence, and say, no. It's just that simple when you've got the truth. Yeah, it's just that no, and you keep on moving forward. But how did Satan come to God's first man and woman? Well, first of all, he started questioning the Word of God. Did God really say that? Well, you know, he didn't mean that. And actually, he, his intentions, he has a hidden agenda. And here's what he didn't tell you. And here's what you don't know. But you, you could have a knowledge. You can know things if you just listen to me. And that's how he talks today. Man is hungry for knowledge, but if you go to the wrong place, it will, it will cripple you. It will put you in bondage and send you away from Christ instead of closer to him. Galatians was actually written to people who were born again. They were believers, right? Paul wrote this letter to the believers in Galatians. Now, why were they in danger of being in bondage? We read Galatians chapter 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, stand firm and be absolutely refused to go back into the bondage of your past. What was the, what was the bondage he was warning of them of? Well, they, they had come to know Christ, but then some religious experts came to town. They went on Google and did some searches. And these religious experts told them, okay, yeah, believing in Jesus, that's fine. But there are other things you need to believe. There are other things you need to know. If you're really going to know God and get to heaven, then you've got to be circumcised. You've got to observe these certain Sabbaths and these certain holidays. You've got to go through these sacraments and traditions and rituals. And the people were getting confused because they were taught by the apostles themselves that it's simple faith that saves you. Same thing happens today, doesn't it? You come into a church and you get a list, of, a laundry list of the things you have to do to know God. Right? He's warning them not to go back into the bondage of self-righteousness. That's what man's religion is. It's man's system of trying to get to God. It doesn't work. He's warning them, don't go back into the, the bondage of trying to be justified by your own thinking and your own efforts. Don't go back into the bondage and Satan's strategy of modifying what God said to fit your thinking. Well, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't like that part of the Bible. Well, that's because you don't understand it. You just have to understand it. See, the Bible is the Word of God. I know it's been wrongly taught. Boy, do I know that. I've been on the other end of that. I know it's been wrongly used. But the issue is not the Bible. The issue is man's ignorance of God's true nature. God reveals himself clearly in the Scriptures. And we need the Word of God. Not legalistically, but in truth. Okay? So I may come across a part in the Bible that doesn't agree with my current worldview or the way I think. And I have a choice to make. God, show yourself to me, or I'm going to modify that and come up with a little bit of a different philosophy. 
that can somehow rectify that portion of Scripture with my what's comfortable to me. Wow. And what happens as a result? We close the door to parts of God that we need to be strong. God wants you to know His whole person. It's in knowing the whole person of God that we become strong. See, these believers in Galatians were taught that God provided righteousness for anyone by simple faith in Christ. And that was different than what these religious experts believed. Remember what freedom is, right? Unrestricted access to God. Unhindered fellowship with God. Union with God. The right to daily experience and enjoy the glory of God. That's what freedom is, right? This is what Christ came to give them. Well, if we're going to experience that, there are simply two things we must do. That's it. No laundry list. Just one and two. But before we get into those two things, let's read Romans 5. Romans 5. Just two things. I like simple. Don't you like simple? Two's about all I can handle. I grew up and there were three TV channels. Well, maybe four, if you include public television. (laughs) That's all we can handle, man. And you had to walk across the room to change one of those. It's crazy, huh? You imagine that? Come on, put yourself in my place now. Suffer with me a little bit. Come on. Yeah, and so what you, if you didn't feel like getting up, you just watched what was on. I'll just stay with it. <laughs> Simple. One and two. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified, justice brings about justification. We can't understand justice if, unless we know what sin is. The Bible makes no sense if you don't believe what God says is sin. It makes no sense. It's a goofy book. It is. There's a lot of terrible things in the Bible. But until you accept what God has to say about sin, you will understand what justice and freedom and grace are. You can't appreciate grace if you don't know what sin is. What God's definition of sin is. And what God says the penalty of sin is. And what God says the, pay, the, the payment for sin is. Therefore being justified by 27 rituals. Did you ever say that? By faith. Faith in who? Jesus, yeah. We have peace. Union. Freedom. We have freedom, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now, the last part of this verse, I don't know how many years ago, but the Holy Spirit just started opening this up to me. Maybe 15, 20 years ago, I don't remember. I started reading Romans 5 and it was like fireworks. Fireworks. 
And I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit opened to me, and then we're going to read a different translation, which wasn't out then, but it came out in the last couple of years, and it says what the Holy Spirit opened to my heart 15 or 20 years ago. See, this is what happens when you follow Him. See, we don't, we don't join a group um, because they agree with our ideas. We submit ourselves unto Christ and then we look for others who have submitted their whole selves to Christ. Big difference. We give every thought, dream, desire, hope, and passion to Him. And then we begin looking for others who've done the same. Because we know what that costs and what it takes to give your whole self to Him. And we're not going to waste time playing religious games. So this is where the Holy Spirit began to unveil to me in this verse 2. We have that up there, by whom also we have access by faith. Into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope. What is hope? It's not wishing upon a star. It is a firm, certain, confident expectation that it is so. Confident, unwavering expectation. What is the glory of God? It is the manifestation of His presence. And this is how the Holy Spirit unveiled this verse to me. We rejoice in the confident expectation of daily experiencing the presence and glory of God. Isn't that awesome? And that's what I was doing. We rejoice in the confident expectation. We stand in this confident expectation of daily experiencing and enjoying the presence and glory of God. Now let's read it from the Passion Translation, which I think was released uh, maybe two, three years ago. I don't know. It wasn't the last five years, I think. Verse 1, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And He now declares us flawless in His eyes. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, God calls you righteous. You're not a sinner anymore. You went from sinner to saint through simple faith in Christ. You're holy now. You're spotless, flawless, clean, and justified. Now. Woo! Yeah, that's a shout. You better believe it. And when you realize that, you'll shout too. He's declared us flawless in his eyes, and what a price he paid for it. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Verse 2, this is it. Our faith guarantees us permanent access Woo! into the marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Our faith guarantees us permanent Jesus, permanent healing, permanent peace of mind, permanent love, permanent 
joy unspeakable and full of glory. Permanent wholeness, permanent soundness of mind, permanent power, permanent righteousness, permanent victory. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Look at this. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope. What's hope? Confident expectation of experiencing God's glory. Hallelujah! 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 So what are the two actions that we must take in order to experience this glory, this freedom, this perfect relationship with God? They're really simple. Action number one. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Not a Middle Eastern Jesus, not an American Jesus, not an Asian Jesus, not an African Jesus, but Jesus. The real Jesus. He's all of those. He's the Jesus of every nation. I'm trying to get across to you, this is not a, a nation thing. This is not a, 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 a discriminatory thing. This is, this is the answer for every human being. It's, it wasn't America's idea. This was God's idea. Thank God we have the freedom to proclaim this. If you'll study history away from political agendas, you'll see that in every communistic and socialistic society, the first thing they remove is the Bible. These are the facts, folks. You may not find them on Google, but if you go to the accurate history of the world, why is the Bible the first thing they remove? Because they can't control people if people know what's in here. Your freedom's right here. You better get one of these books, hard copy. I'm glad you got it on your phone, but get something you can hold in your hand that doesn't have a battery that you can open and read anywhere at any time. Get this thing in your heart. If you don't understand it, keep reading. Just keep reading. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Show me the truth about who you are. Not who man says you are, but who you are. Get this book in your heart so that no one can put you in bondage any longer. Your freedom is in the Word. Your freedom is recorded here, but it's got to come inside of you, and that's part two. Part one, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and part two, you've got to renew your mind with the Word. Not your version of the Word, not my version of the Word, but with the Word. Do you know that that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That everything God said in the Old Testament was Jesus speaking? It was a different covenant, different time, but it was God speaking. You've got to change the way you think and begin thinking God's thoughts after Him. That's what renewing your mind is. What do, how does God see this? What, and listen, inevitably, inevitably, you are going to come face to face with things you disagree with in the Bible. It's It's inevitable. Because our minds have been so contaminated by man's thinking. 
So you're, there's going to be parts of the Bible you're not going to understand. It's going to seem, what? But stay with it. Because it takes time to, to see and, and get wrong thoughts out and right thoughts in. It is a process. But if you read something in the Bible you don't agree with, and then you try and just either ignore it or explain it away, you're going to miss God. Because we need all that He is, not just the nice scriptures that make us feel good. This is how weak people are formed. They can't handle what's going on in the world because they just like the stuff that they can agree with. We need people of fortitude and strength that understand the whole person of God, that understand the justice of God, that understand the judgment of God, that understand the love of God, the righteousness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. I want the whole package. I can't live on a party-sized snicker. Do they still make those? I don't know. Some, at some point in my life, there were these little fun size. I don't know what they call them. You kidding me? What in the world is the purpose of that? I need the king size, baby. Don't give me this little fun size. What's fun about, what's fun about a little snicker? What? Yeah, king is fun. I need a king. If you want fun, you got to get the king in your life. You need all that the king is if you want to have real fun. You can't have fun with a little bitty king. You need the great big king, Jesus, the king of kings. Hey! Woo! Woo! I was hangry before I knew Jesus. I was. I was hangry at what I went through and what people did to me and the pain, the suffering, and all the stuff. I was hangry. But then I took a big bite of Jesus and he transformed me. And man, I'm still chewing. And I read through the Bible, I read stuff that blew my mind. But I knew God. And I accepted what he said. And I let his word transform me. I didn't try and explain anything away that contradicted my beliefs. I accepted what he said. And man, did healing flow in my life. Hallelujah. The Bible is a big book, and I understand that. And there's a context that you have to understand. And you've got to understand there are different periods, different seasons, different covenants. But God was the same. There are things God had to do at different periods to rescue mankind that wouldn't make sense today because we're living in the age of God's grace. Listen closely to me. There will come a time when those who know him are taken out of this world through a rapture. And the world will see horror like it's never seen. The church in the earth is the only thing keeping this earth from being destroyed. Because of the curse of sin. It's not God's will. He doesn't want to do that. Do, do, he doesn't want things to be this way. He never wanted sin. God does not cause disasters. He does not cause sickness. He does not allow them. These things all came about through the sin of man, and God is not controlling the earth. Satan is the God of this world, is what the Bible teaches. So understand, there's two things you've got to do. Put your faith in Christ, and then renew your mind with the Word. There are people who've put their faith in Christ and they're saved. They're born again. They're going to heaven, but they haven't renewed their mind. 
And they're just taking bits and pieces of all different philosophies and they'll never fulfill their destiny that way. They'll never grow truly strong that way because God is who he is and he doesn't change for anybody because he's perfect love. We're not used to that when we meet people because we're all changing. We're not used to a perfect one who never had to learn anything, who knows everything about everything and always did and always will. We're not used to that. We're talking about knowing God. Why would I want to try and take a perfect one and make him fit my thinking? Unless I think I know more than he does. Right? That's what man has done. He's everything you've been looking for and so much more. But you got to let him be God in your life. He'll never hurt you. We say it regularly at Highway Church. Don't believe the goofy things you hear that God brought a sickness in your life to teach you something. That's garbage. God's the healer, not the make sicker. Right? He provided healing for you, not sickness. God doesn't take people's loved ones away. God doesn't cause tragedies. That's a doctrine of demons. It's not taught in the Bible. God is good. He's a good, good father. If a good father would never do it to you, God certainly wouldn't. You can just take simple principles like that when you, to learn the scriptures. What would a good father do that? Hallelujah. So put your faith in Jesus Christ and then get in this book, man. Get in this book and let the living word of God change your thinking. How will I know when my thinking's changed? I'll become more like Jesus. I'll respond to things the way Jesus responded. I'll love people the way Jesus loves them. I'll know God the way Jesus knew him and knows him, right? Hallelujah. That's all the time we have. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time this morning. You have made it so simple. It was not simple for you, but you made it simple for us. You paid our debt, and because of that, we're free. That anyone who would believe in your Son would be set free from the bondages of sin and darkness and Satan. Holy Spirit, we give our minds to you. We give our beliefs and our thoughts, our conclusions, our traditions, our religion, our philosophies, our hopes, our dreams, our desires. We give them all to you. We give our passion to you. We give our whole person to you. We give you full right away in our lives to lead us to be our Lord. We know you're good, that you would never hurt us, that your will is abundant life for us, that your plan for our lives is to prosper us, to give us the future we hope for. You've declared it. You sent your son for it. There's nothing frightening about giving our whole selves to you. So we gladly do it. Holy Spirit, teach us to renew our minds, to think your thoughts after you, to see things as God sees them, to love as God loves, 
to believe as God believes. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.